Hello, and welcome to another installment of Behind the Fourth Wall, a podcast where we discuss and review movies, TV shows, trailers, and anything pop culture. I'm Ivan, and I'm joined today by my co-host, seven-time International Dance Dance Revolution champion and former LEGO City hero, Emmett. Pop, lock, and drop it. (laughs) I was terrible at DDR. Have you seen that yet? Have you seen the LEGO movie yet? Mm, I saw LEGO Star Wars. Eh, close enough. <laughs> same thing. Same plot. Same no, difference. People have said that uh, you know, I'm a lot like Chris Pratt. Um, I was gonna go for like Lego minifigure. Um, uh, but yeah, we could go with Chris Pratt. Well, he voices a Lego minifigure. Yeah. Yeah, but he voices Emmett. So I'll that's take true. It. Yeah, it's close enough. <laughs> uh, this is an exciting one, man. I want to get to this episode, so let's let's uh, let's get through the news segments. No, there. let's take our time. Okay, <laughs> I, taking there our time. Wasn't, there actually was a lot this week. Uh, Disney had some sort of conference call and just released a bunch of dates, titles of movies, a whole lot. Some, you know, irrelevant stuff. We don't really want to get into it too much, but we're gonna get into it anyway. So, <laughs> um, no, I think. Uh, you know, you. I always forget. It's either you or, or I that kind of started up our text conversations on this. But like the the title for Spider Man was revealed this week, in one of the craftiest ways. I don't know if you like followed any of this, but I know that the cast of of the movie was revealing different titles the night prior. Um, so we got stuff like um, Spider Man Home Slice, uh, Spider Man uh, Home Wrecker, uh, as kind of like the teasers of what the title was going to be. Um, and then ultimately we got the reveal uh, earlier this week of it being Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, aiming for a Christmas 2021 release. So um, we knew it was coming out in Christmas, but we hadn't gotten confirmation on the title other than it was going to have the word home in it. Yeah, as always. I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of sick of the home stuff. I think I'd switch it up for the next like series of movies, assuming they do any more. Uh, but it was cute, but now it's like they have a type. And they are only <laughs> ever going to do anything with home. They're stretching it a little bit too. So I, I hope that, you know, if we get it like a Spider-Man 4 and 5 and 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, whatever, <laughs> they all have different. Um, John Holland's an old man. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly I'd like. I'd be okay with it. Yeah, I'm fine with it too. But but speaking on that point, and, you know, before we get away from this, um, Tom Holland's contract is actually up after this movie so <gasps> apparently he's 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 done like he's no, he'll he's, never give up he loves nah, he's leaving movie. he's leaving we're, we're rebooting the whole thing let's get a new guy in there uh let's get that timothy shallow whatever his name is character in here have him play the new spider-man i think it's pronounced toby and i think it's mcguire mm, hang on let me check real quick <laughs> no it's it's andrew it's andrew <laughs> it's andrew garfield that's the guy that's going to take Gar- over. Gary Field, yeah. Yeah. I heard he's really good. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Uh... I haven't seen his work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we got Spider-Man. Disney also said that the Bad Batch series is coming out May 4th. Uh, Star Wars Day, as everyone knows. Uh, Bad Batch. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, we were both really excited for this when they announced that they were going to do a another cartoon series for Star Wars and... Bad Batch was a really cool group of soldiers from Clone Wars. So I'm excited for this one. I'm re-binging Clone Wars Are you? Uh, starting this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take my time with it because obviously we have what, I think, two months? Uh, I think you should skip around to just the good episodes. Again, <laughs> skipping the droid episodes, but okay. 
Well, as as I'm getting myself acquainted with my with my new job, I'm just like setting different things in the background, and like uh, we were told this week that we're probably not going to come into the office until summer. So I'm like, all right, well. Does your boss listen to this? Because you just admitted to loafing. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't stop working. So if my boss listens. Hey, I don't uh, either. I just play stuff in the background. But <laughs> wow, even that. Okay. I know, unforgivable. Unforgivable, unforgivable me. <laughs> no, but um, it's you know it, we have a little bit of time before it comes out, and I always like to kind of go back and recap and just kind of take a look at you know I, I don't know just build up my anticipation I guess because I have no life. So <laughs> yeah, that's sure. that's my that's on my to do list. But I'm excited too, and I'm glad that they're sticking to that May fourth release to kind of fit in with May the fourth. So really really crafty on disney's part <laughs> yeah very smart um but i guess the big dump of like news to kind of hit the the webs and this is stuff that we've kind of talked about already before but we never really got concrete dates on things other than the handful of these but uh kevin feige was in attendance into one of these uh events where you're kind of recapping your television plans for the year and it's, it was funny to see him at this sort of thing because obviously he's the MCU guy. So you'll see him at movie events, but not anything for for streaming or for television. But now that we have Disney Plus launched, uh, obviously he's going to partake in this stuff. So uh, he did share the schedule and it looks like we have a 2021 loaded with different Marvel projects. We're going to get suffocated by it. So... Yeah, it might it's be a too lot. much. Consider too much to some people. Give me more is what I say. <laughs> Not enough for others. It's like that episode of Game of Thrones where Joffrey forces the 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 chubby knight to drink his share his like fair share of wine and just forces him to drink that whole barrel. Yeah. That's what Marvel's doing to us this year. So I yeah. don't, you know, there's some enjoyment in there, but I also feel like yeah, you're right. We might need a little bit of a break. But um, that's a, aside, that's a from... great analogy, <laughs> right? Um, Sir Dantos, by the way. Sir Dantos, you'll now be my co-chester. <laughs> well, so you know, we started off the year January with January fifteenth release of WandaVision. Falcon and Winter Soldier debuts on March nineteenth, twenty twenty one. So we're going to get a week in between Oof. the last episode of WandaVision and the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. But if you're bored that week. You are going to get hit with a uh, Marvel's Assembled, which is a behind-the-scenes look at the making of WandaVision. Yes. <laughs> which we will obviously cover. Right. Of course. What else are we going to do on the Friday night? Content! <laughs> <laughs> the more the merrier, I always say, right? So, But that, but that's March. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier starts off March 19th, goes on uh, all the way up until it looks like... Uh, Black Widow's release for May 7th. And then Loki's after that, right? No, no. So after Black Widow is Marvel's Assembled, the making of Black Widow. <laughs> so. <laughs> Man, we got a making of for everything. And OG was making of the band, you know? I know. But now we're, we're you know, I don't know. I kind of like those behind the scenes stuff, but I could, you know, that's the subject for another episode. Uh <laughs> Um, then we get hit with Loki on June 11th, so we get a little bit of a respite there, right? Um, yeah. So June 11th, 2021, Loki, the Loki series starts up. Um, then 
the Loki series will end sometime around August 2021, which is where the What If series is going to come into play. But if again, if you get bored in between that, we're also going to have Marvel's Assembled, the making of Loki <laughs> series. Um, you kind of see a trend here. Every gonna, Marvel project yeah, I'm going to take a out, stab in the dark that uh, everything has a making of. It does. How'd you know? Wow. Good at guessing. <laughs> then... Then either end of September or early October, here's where we get into the ifs of it, we will get slapped with the Hawkeye television show making its debut probably, I I would probably venture to guess early October more so than than the other. Followed by Marvel's Assembled, the making of Hawkeye, (laughs) the television series. Um, Followed by Miss Marvel. And then that's, that's it for the Disney Plus stuff. But that's not it for the movies that we have coming out. Because we have Black Widow. Shang-Chi is still set for release on July 9th, 2021. Then we're going to get hit with Eternals in November 5, on November 5th, 2021. And finally, we, we end the year with Spider-Man No Way Home on December 17th, 2021. I know they committed Spider-Man to being only in theaters on their advert. Did they say that for any other ones or no? Um, yeah. So they they said it for all of them: Black Widow, Shang Chi, Eternals, Wait, and Black Spider-Man. Widow's not going to be streaming at all. No, they are committed to it a hundred percent. I'm a little disappointed by that, but also given the fact that over here in New York they're opening up the movie theaters again on March sixth. I don't care. I, you know. <laughs> I, I still don't want to go. <laughs> no. I'm going to watch a bootleg one like it's the aughts. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to... Honestly, man, I'm going to guess that they are going to backpedal on that and say, you yeah. know what? We'll release it. Even if it's like two or three weeks after the initial release date. Yeah. I think they're going to cave. Like, let's be real here. Yeah, um, I think by the time the Shang-Chi comes out on July 9th, I think I'll probably feel a little bit safer, safer you yeah. know? But... To be totally honest, by December 17th, 2021 of this year, I definitely am going to sit my ass in the theater and watch <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home. Sit your butt. I, sit um, my butt in the theater. <laughs> Family show. I will, you know, I am committed to watch Spider-Man No Way Home in theaters when it comes out later this year. And if it is going to be in December, hopefully by then we have all these vaccines rolling out and COVID is, if not a distant memory, at least just like, I don't know something very small <laughs> hopefully fingers crossed yeah uh is that it is that all the news uh two more <laughs> oh my gosh if you're bored at the end of december get to stay tuned for marvel's assembled the making of <laughs> and then after that there's nothing for the rest of 2021 but in 2022 on february 11th we will get hit with thor love and thunder Followed by one month later on March 25th, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. There. That's it. That's the full schedule. Oh, wait, no. There's more Disney Plus stuff for 2022. Moon Knight coming out at some point in early 2022. And She-Hulk coming out in the spring of 2022. Okay. So we got a lot of content to cover. So there you go. And that's just Marvel. Oh, yeah, you're right. Jesus. DC out there. There's a lot. Yeah, okay. Well, we got our work cut out for us, I guess. We do. So let's get into this episode, because I just want to talk about this episode. 
I want to talk more about Marvel's Assembled the Making of. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a Marvel's Assembled making of this episode after this, if you're bored. Oh, well, one more thing before we kind of leave it. And um, I almost brushed this off, but Jennifer Lawrence has been cast. And there were rumors going around that she was on her way to Australia to shoot Fantastic Four, even though there's no script for that movie just yet. Um, the 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 big kind of um, I guess underground news is that she's she has been cast in an MCU movie. The understanding is that she's on her way to film some sort of after the credit sequence for Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, and the rumor is that she has been cast as a member of the Fantastic Four. So I don't know exactly how you know how definitive that news is but judging from where the sources that this is coming from i think this is a pretty safe bet that we're gonna see uh jennifer lawrence um i'm kind of mixed on it but we'll see i mean she's a great actress so as long as she doesn't phone it in like she did with some of her x-men performances there i think uh she'll make a pretty good addition Mm, the mocking (laughs) jay All right, so let's get to the uh, let's get to our general takes for the episode. So if you're new to this podcast, we usually do a quick spoiler-free general thoughts on the episode, uh, and then we get into scenes and some of the character interactions as well as predictions at the end of this. So still safe if you haven't seen the episode. Ivan, what was your take on this one? My take is that I can't wait for the Marvels assemble. <laughs> behind the scenes look at WandaVision because I literally have no idea what's going on. <laughs> um, I, I thought this was a real tear jerker. Um, and by that, I, I really do mean like, I feel like there was a couple of uh, moments in this episode where um, it kind of hit you like on an emotional level, uh, especially some of the dialogue between Wanda and Vision. It answered a lot of fan questions and theories and shared a lot of insight into the overall psyche of, of Wanda, of Agatha, uh, and even the Vision. But, you know, theorizing has been very fun up to this point. Uh, <laughs> but the show is starting to kind of show its cards. Yeah. Um, I, for one, have really enjoyed it. I, you know, I, I haven't really been one to, to think that it, anything's been um, ruined for me or anything like that because it didn't live up to any sort of expectations. I think part of the fun of the show has been the speculation. Uh, but you know, I hope that the fin- that we're in for a lengthier finale than than usual because I feel like you know, come on, you got to give us a, an hour episode, fingers crossed. But yeah, you know. especially since they're getting good, you want the, these ones to be longer than the the opening episodes. Uh, but I totally agree. I love like coming up with predictions and whatnot for the for this show because these are characters like we've talked about before. They're not really ones we cared about or knew that much about. I mean, maybe you did because you know everything, but personally, I didn't really know that much about him. So I enjoy getting to like hear your breakdown of Wanda or what comics was Vision featured in or get to hear fan theories about it because of whatever issues. Um, So I really like that aspect for this episode specifically. I totally agree. It's not my favorite one. I think my favorite's still the last week's, Um, but I still really like this one. I think similar to what uh, some of the past episodes have done for Vision, where they've really given me a good appreciation for him. This one's given me a really good appreciation for Wanda. Because up to this point, she's always been, uh, you know, I don't know, different or just weird. <laughs> and it was hard to sympathize for her as a person just because, like, she originally started out against the Avengers. But this really, like, it gets it gives you that background into her character, which is so funny to say because... 
we're eight episodes in and we're getting background on the main character now. So I, I like this episode. If it was like a standalone in the entire series, I probably put a couple other ones above this one, but still really good. Still feels like a Marvel, but almost like a darker Marvel. I don't know. It's, it's a little bit different feel, right? I, I agree. I, I think um, I was, I had this conversation with a friend um, earlier today and they were telling me that, uh, you know, especially the, these latter episodes of um, of WandaVision are giving him like the same vibes of picking up and reading some of the X-Men comic books. And what he meant by that was the fact that if if you're a comic book reader, I think for the longest time, if you wanted something in in like a more mature kind of theme that touches some of these like more sensitive subjects, it was always the X-Men like the X-Men were the golden kids for, of Marvel for a while. Yeah, and it is giving me that vibe here. Like it's 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 heavy on on big themes, and I feel like we're we're delving into uh, subject matter and also, I guess, the quality of of content that I didn't think we would really see in the MCU. Not that I thought that the content they've shown before wasn't all that good, but I feel like it's just it. it you always had a little bit of a formula to it, and it didn't really ever venture too far from it. And yeah, this show exactly. has deviated from it and in such an interesting and unique way that as you're getting to the end of the show, you're getting more of an appreciation for it. Yeah, I uh, I completely agree. Uh, so, yeah, without further ado, let's get into some of the scenes and characters breakdowns. So if you haven't seen the show and you plan to and you don't want to hear anything, uh, probably go ahead and put this podcast on pause and come back to it. Otherwise, uh, you know, you've been warned. All right, so let's start off with Agatha, Agatha circa 1693 in Salem, Massachusetts. She looks pretty good for being 300 plus years old right now, right? Yeah. She's aged today. I was about to do the math on how old that is, but like it's 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 a Friday night and I don't feel like crunching numbers here. But I, I crunched old. them for you. I crunched <laughs> them for you. She's pretty old. <laughs> yeah, so we get to see her with a her covenant i guess and they go over rules that they have where i guess people had certain roles they can stick to and you can't go outside of your what you're allowed to do as far as magic um so she's being not burned at the stake but zapped at the stake in this opening scene which is pretty dark for marvel yeah they're giving her the costco membership treatment so like <laughs> if you ever abuse your rights as a costco member this is exactly what happens to you all right, so be warned. They, you know, they, they they don't play games over at Costco. Okay, so we'll call it the Agatha special there. But she says a line in there that she says she can't control her powers. Do you think that was the truth, or that she was just like making a play to get the witches to stop? It made it made it seem like she was afraid to to be harmed by them. So she was just kind of saying what she felt like she need to, needed to say. She was lying, basically, is what, it, what, what the gist that I got from that. Yeah, I went back and forth on this because she does lie at the beginning of them interrogating her, and then she comes clean. And then she's this, and that's when she says that she can't control the magic and she needs their help to like learn how to use it, which I almost believe because it's in the same tone as when she came clean. It's so tough to tell because she's doing a great job with acting here. And it's also like, you don't have a great track record. I'm not going to just believe you for whatever you say at face value. 
Right. It was also interesting to see that the leader of the covenant was her mom, as she kind of ID'd her as, like, she called her mother in particular. I wonder if that's, like, her actual mother, or if it's, like, a cult where they call the leader mom. (laughs) (laughs) It it could be that, but I think... I think it's actually her mom. I think it is, because she ended up taking her brooch afterwards, or whatever you call it, the little button that she wears around her. You know what that symbol is? I, like, paused it and zoomed in, and I... I still can't tell what it is. It looks like two people burning another witch in the middle. I I don't really know, but I know that it's the same exact thing she's wearing in the comic books. This is her, her necklace that she that she wears. I don't know if there's like heavier meaning behind it or not, or what the design even is. Because to me, it, was, it always just looked like a little gem that looks almost like it's inflamed. Yeah, and I know hex hexagons are pretty big. I don't think we talked about this last episode. But, like, in her little dungeon, she has a lot of hexagon-shaped runes in there, uh, which ties back into the shape of the the actual hex. So uh, so we segue into Wanda and Agatha back in the dungeon, and Agatha's, like, actually talking to Senor Scratch and, like, hearing him talk back. Are we still making that Mephisto play, or is this just, like, her rabbit from the cartoons? That's- He's... He's definitely something. I don't know if he's Mephisto. In the comics, her son is named Nicholas Scratch, so it could like people are saying that it's her son. But I think there's some some there's something odd about the rabbit. I mean, she tosses a I, I don't I don't know what it's called. Is it a is it a cicada at at it and he eats it? Well, um, it was a bird at that point. Yeah, so that's a great point that the opening bit is how Agatha talks about how she's like drawn to Westview because she could sense Wanda's hex and wanted to understand it because she she couldn't understand it from the outside. So she had to become part of the inside. She talks about how it's crazy that Wanda's magic is like on autopilot out in the suburbs of the town. And then Agatha shows Wanda a couple tricks that she knows like mind control and then one that she calls transmutation, which makes me think, is that connected to Senor Scratch? Because she turns the cicada into a bird. Did she turn someone into the rabbit? Probably. I tried tossing a bird at my rabbit once and he didn't <laughs> eat it. So I'm pretty sure that Where he's, did you um, get a bird? <laughs> parakeets, you know, pet stores. Jeez. <laughs> All right, you've admitted to cyber loafing and to animal <laughs> cruelty. All right. Well, it was already got dead, two strikes so. on this podcast. <laughs> my point is having having owned a couple rabbits in my time, that Agatha's rabbit is not normal. <laughs> yeah, I will agree with that. And having multiple cicadas in the house also a little weird. You're gonna want to call pest control. Yeah, but you could skew that on the normal side. I've known a couple people that have cicadas in their in their places. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, we get. I don't know. The tone from Agatha in this bit is just jealousy, right? Like she is confused, but also like she just wants to harness this power that Wanda has. It it definitely seems that way. I'm not entirely sure if jealousy is the whole driving factor, but it definitely is at least one piece of it. Um, it just, I don't see any other, like, kind of, like, she doesn't lay out exactly like, oh, I want your powers because of this, or because I want to do X, Y, Z. Like, mustache-twirling villainess kind of speech. I, I disagree. I think she kind of does, when she says that she's been studying for years, and she can do small-scale st- tricks. 
and Wanda's controlling an entire town effortlessly, and she's like, down to the crown molding of the households, you've changed everything. How are you this meticulous with your magic? And Wanda is 20-something years old. She hasn't really had to work for her studying on magic. She hasn't siphoned anybody's life force away from them. That you know that we, Yeah, that's true. I, I think it, it's an interesting thing to, to think about just like what her motivations really are because I don't think they're necessarily all laid out here. Um, I think jealousy is a big p- piece of it, but I feel like there has to be something else to it. Um, and, and only like, I'm not saying this, like I absolutely need her explanation to be bigger. It's just that it just seems like too convenient of a thing for her to show up in Westview or be within the proximity of Westview when all this happens. Um, it just kind of seems like there, she's got to have some sort of big plan for uh, Wanda's abilities. Yeah. Whether it's trying to turn her or train together or whatever, there I think there are other motivations. But to me, it was like this is something that like put yourself in Agatha's shoes. Like you've been studying your craft for three hundred plus years, and you can only do a small fraction of potential of it. And then this new kid comes around who hasn't been practicing a day in their life is able to do something on a scale of a thousand times to what you can do you're gonna be jealous you're gonna be like i either need to take you out of the competition or i need to convert you to my team yeah agatha's kind of like the honor roll student that's consistently on like winning student of the month and then like the new kid comes into town that wins student of the month one month and she's like why did you get chosen (laughs) exactly yeah and it's it's gonna be a good fight between them because Agatha knows tricks about witches, right? She knew that, oh, I've put up these runes. You can't use magic in the in my dungeon. Wanda had no clue about that. She's going to have a few upper hands. Like Wanda, obviously, on a you know pound for pound, it would destroy Agatha. But if Agatha plays smart, she can draw this out to be a good fight. Yeah, I feel like she experiences on her side with this and you know wanda's obviously very inexperienced and it's also kind of a, a almost a sad revelation to to see that everything that she's done she literally has she absolutely actually does have zero control over yeah it's all just out of it's driven by emotion which we'll get into so yeah let's let's keep moving forward in the episode so agatha does a cool spell using wanda a piece of wanda's hair which we've seen similarly done in uh in thor ragnarok when dr strange took a piece of Thor's hair but basically this allows them to revisit Wanda's past and we're going to break down some of those scenes so they start off in Sokovia where we understand that Wanda like where the obsession with old TV sitcoms come from uh, her dad was like a bootleg DVD salesman yeah was were those DVDs or VHS tapes some were VHS and then he had like the box set for the Dick Van Dyke show uh, memories but that was like I, hidden behind the wall. Like that wasn't even in the set. Like that's a prized possession for them. I can relate to Wanda's obsession with bootleg videos. <laughs> <laughs> a bug's life. <laughs> oh my god. I could, you know, the titles, man. I, I remember my dad used to come home with a whole bunch of bootleg tapes when I was younger. And he's like, hey, I got a new show. And sometimes it'd be something really interesting um, or fun, like a cartoon. Or sometimes it would be uh, MASH, the Vietnam <laughs> TV series. Oh, <okay. laughs> nice shot in L.A. 
it's pretty good though yeah so i like what they how they tied it in here like it ties it into the sitcom bit it ties it into the emotion side of it but then also like it justifies that they watched it because they wanted to learn english that way which you know common sense kind of makes sense but this is also a play out of the scene that was described in age of ultron when one of stark's missiles hits the house but doesn't blow up so basically agatha's takeaway from it is that wanda didn't just survive because it was a defective bomb but that wanda had done some sort of spell to it and she called it a probability hex yeah she cast a spell when she was younger but that obsession with her with the sitcom stuff is is, is actually pretty interesting because if you think about it she latched onto it um and that you know the moment that the bomb comes in exactly like it was described in age of ultron with the stark logo literally just like facing them uh, and the bomb doesn't go off the 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 dick van dyke show is still playing on yeah. the, on the television and she's like looking at it and contemplating it. and if you think about it like uh, however wacky a sitcom can get at the end of each episode and take you know take your pick like any of these sitcoms that we've kind of um revisited during the show uh the, everything always turns out okay at the end right like it's 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 fun and jokes and then no matter what the hijinks goes uh happens throughout the episode at the end of the day things are okay um and i feel like that's what she's kind of latched onto emotionally and that's why she's been playing all this stuff out in that format uh but it was you know it was kind of a little bit of a a tearjerker moment i think to to kind of witness that origin of like why she's so in love with um with the concept of, of of sitcoms yeah it's also a little unhealthy to assume that or like imprint that on your young impressionable mind that hey it all it always turns out okay it's always going to be fine like she's not learning to deal with depression which is a common theme of her life so it definitely is telling for future future bits but looking at agatha's breakdown that wanda did a probability hex this has to be the introduction into mutants, right? Being born with powers because Wanda, this was pre the Hydra experiment, which is the next scene that they go into. So she didn't have any exposure to the infinity stone. Yeah, I, I think it is. You know, and she calls her a little witch, right? Like she was yeah. born a little witch. Uh, but I, th- I think it, it is definitely hinting on the, the mutant X gene activating in Wanda during that stressful time. Yeah. Uh, because that's how it happens in all these uh, X-Men um, stories. And I would I would think that they're not skewing that way. But, you know, her brother, who obviously wouldn't be born a witch, <laughs> um, co- you know, also gets powers from the Infinity Stone in the same kind of manner that she does. So it seems like whatever they had was kind of activated by the stone instead of being, like, given to them, as yeah. was originally established that it was. Yeah, which is actually the next scene they go to the hydra facility where wanda has her exposure to the mind stone and has a connection where she i thought she sees like her future self right what did you there was a shadowy figure it's kind of hard to tell who do you think that was i think that was a teaser to doctor strange 2 and the multiverse of madness um actually or yeah i I do think so i feel like we're going to see because you see the, the silhouette like outlines that um, comic book crown that she typically wears in in the in the comics right um so i do think that she's looking at her future self like a fully powered 
uh, Scarlet Witch. Where does Doctor Strange come in then? I feel like that's that's the that's the visual that we're gonna see of her in that movie. Oh, okay. I mean, we saw it now, right? We haven't in, seen like a modern take on on that costume, and I feel like that's what she was looking at. It seemed like a very uh, modern day MCU vibe of that costume. Okay, I like that. Yeah, so I'll both agree that she saw like a future version of herself. Um, but Agatha's takeaway from this scene is that Wanda's powers were amplified by the stone, which would have otherwise, as she said, would have died on the vine. So, yeah, she, it, Agatha's all in that Wanda was born with powers and the stone just amplified it. This is the first time we get a mention to Hex powers and the her, Wanda's probability uh, abilities from, from the comics, which are always kind of like one of those things that I, I feel like would have been hard to translate on screen, but they're, they're doing it so well here where it's, it's literally like they're describing it as magic. Yeah. I like how I like the tie to the comic in this for sure. Um, it seems one of like one of the more very accurate ones. Uh, the next door they go through is to the Avengers base. I think this is where you get the most heartwarming tearjerker scene of the, of the episode is Wanda's interaction with vision uh, Wanda describes this this setting as the first time that she and Vision had ever shared uh, a house, which was nice. It was nice to see like their relationship start to bloom because it always felt kind of rushed in the movies. So it's it's cool to see a behind the scenes bit there. Yeah, and I guess this must have taken place like right before Civil War, or at least that's kind of what the the vibe kind of is there. I think it's closer to Ultron, just because Vision seems like he doesn't have everything figured out that he had figured out by civil war but then also that the death of pietro was still pretty fresh to that timeline of wanda but one thing i thought was very interesting in this bit was that in the previous two scenes the hydra experiment and the sokovia scene agatha forced wanda to become the wanda of the scene so as a small child and as the one who went through the experiment but in this in this bit in the Avengers base, Wanda was a spectator to the Wanda of that time and Vision on watching the show, which was Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, that that is kind of weird that they kind of yeah. went with that. It was like a first person thing, and then switches to third person as the, yeah. rest of the flashbacks come around. And 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 once again, they give Vision the heavy dialogue here. <laughs> um, I, re- I really like that interaction with them where she's kind of like, he's basically sitting down and being like, Hey, do you want to talk about it? Kind of thing. And he's a therapist. Yeah. Yeah, basically. But the, the line that I thought was really profound was uh, what is, um what is grief? If not love persevering. Yeah. I loved that one. Yeah. That hit me. <laughs> that hit me like a truck. I was like, Oh damn, I, I feel it. <laughs> Yeah, if you're going to have a uh, person recite poetry, you want to be a British vision. A purple android robot made <laughs> out of vibranium and organic flesh. So then we move on from from that. I, I feel like that uh, that might be the heaviest scene for me. <laughs> Even um, Agatha teared up. She did, right? I think it might have been a fake sarcastic tear, but I I can I want to think that she can still appreciate what like f- new love looks like. And yeah, I don't. I don't think she's a full-on. I'll reserve that for later. She but might I, be I, this. 
she, you know, I, I think she's like one of those weird characters where she, there's like villainous intent behind what she's doing, but I feel like there's more to her to still kind of unravel there. Um, who knows? Maybe she's going back home and like writing some fan fiction of Wanda and Vision actually sharing their, their lives together or something. I don't know. She just kind of strikes me as that type of person. Keep in mind, this is the woman that is choking Wanda's children at the end of the episode. So <laughs> Those children are fake and they're not real. <laughs> All right. So you heard it here first. Ivan's okay with child abuse as long as they're fake children <laughs> well if they're fake children i mean is anything really happening <laughs> okay. all right <laughs> next scene <laughs> uh but before we go to the next scene wanda or agatha's breakdown of this scene is that like because she recaps every bit that they go to so agatha is like trying to get to the root of where wanda's powers come from and she basically says like I, I see this deep connection you have with Vision, and he's the one who pulls you out of the depression and gives you hope. So what happens to you after he's gone? Who's there to pull you out of it? And then that's when Wanda goes to the sword base because she wants to get Vision back. They, they take us to, like, I guess revisit a scene that we think we've already seen before. Poor, like, the original scene that we saw was a few episodes ago when Hayward finally got permission to release the footage. And it was Wanda breaking into the facility, smashing up a bunch of guards that were covering up Vision's body, and then disappearing with him. What we see from Wanda's perspective is that she went to the security desk, checked in, went to go visit Hayward, had a very simple conversation being like, I'm next to kin, I would just want to give Vision a proper burial. And then Hayward takes her to a observation deck where she sees Vision broken up into five or more body parts <laughs> just on a table yeah that was a very like ma- macabre scene there <laughs> it, it definitely was a little bit unsettling to see him in that way uh, how we... are they how are they only that far they've had five years to dismantle him <laughs> shouldn't he be in more pieces by now well they said they've um well this comes in later but he i think he says that they've worked on uh, tearing him apart and then putting him back together so many times before Mm. okay so they probably did it was just like in another one of those roots of uh reassembling him yeah so the, the the bit where this differs from the footage we saw is that wanda doesn't really lose her cool she i mean she obviously is emotional she breaks the glass of the observation deck and hops down to uh i guess grieve and say her goodbyes to vision which hayward permits but then she says like her line of like I can't, I can't see you or I can't feel you, um, which she's, she said a few times in the movies. I think it was Infinity War a lot. Uh, basically saying, like, I can feel your thoughts. I can, I can see what you're thinking kind of thing. Uh, but since he's a dead body, she's, she realizes that, comes to grips with it, and leaves, which takes us to the last scene. I mean, this scene was also interesting, though, because there was no Agatha in there. Usually Agatha's been with Wanda's to break down what the scene was about. Yeah. This one just was kind of more of a straight out recap of, of the events that happened there. But a note on here, I feel like uh, Hayward was very much uh, a little out of character because he's usually very offensive in the way that he expresses himself. We'll put it that way. Um, But with Wanda, it looks like he was being 
a little bit more careful, a little bit like kind of pushing the right buttons. And yeah, I think his character is he is kind of this machismo jerk is the PC way to say it. But those are to like subordinates or people that he has power over. I think he recognizes that if he pushes Wanda too hard in a certain direction, she's going to hold him responsible. I I have a different take. I totally think that he was within his rights to present this situation. I mean, he was a little weird to be like, let's go look at your uh, your boyfriend's body parts. I totally disagree with that. But I do agree with him being like, he's made a pure vibranium. He's worth like $3 billion. I can't just let you walk out of here with that to put, to like bury him in the ground. But he, he was acting, he was acting very like a little bit out of his, out of the norm. I think it, that was just like nervous. Like he knows Wanda's powers and he's not going to try and upset her. I took it to mean that he wanted her to Reboot do him. something. Yeah, like she, he thought maybe she was the key to rebooting him, which ultimately it ends up being that she he is. I don't think he, he understood. I don't think he understood that power then. I think it was just like let let's just diffuse the situation. You can go say goodbye to him. I can't let you leave here with him. Just go grieve, and she did, and it worked out. It played right the way that he wanted. Yeah, he she she kind of did, I guess, feed into his hand in a way. Yeah, and she left peacefully, and then she leaves the final scene, which I guess is more of an extension of this scene. But she drives out to Jersey, goes to Westview, and she's holding a deed to a plot of land where I guess she and Vision were going to build a home together. Kind of odd, though, because the last time they talked, they were just figuring out that their relationship works. Like, they stole a few weekends together here and there so it's kind of weird that vision bought a deed five years ago <laughs> he probably was thinking about it before all that kind of or as they were kind of de- fleshing out their relationship which would have happened to be like right <laughs> before like buying the ring on your third date being like yeah I'm gonna, I'll, I'll i'll keep this in the back pocket <laughs> well he wasn't naive right i feel like that's kind of his that's kind of Vision's characteristic, is like as as wise as he kind of is, he's also very naive. True. But one one cool thing to note, cool might be the wrong word there, but the town is kind of decrepit. I mean, it's it looks like it's a town that people have just forgotten about and given up on. The people left there look a little melancholy, a little sad. So you, you almost go like Wanda is providing them a better life or a better scenario but she's doing it in such a violent way that like i don't know is everyone going to come out of this with a better appreciation for life or or something yeah like i wonder if there's going to be it's a wonderful life moment at the end of this (laughs) series or like doing something like that but um yeah it's interesting because like um miss mrs hart i guess is the yeah. The name of the, like when she's when Wanda's driving in, she's you see some of those key characters from the last couple episodes, like Norm. You see, um, I think you see Herb, the the neighbor. Yeah, um, you see the mailman. I forget his yeah. Name. Well, he was a pizza delivery man yeah. or some sort of delivery yeah. person, right? And he looks super sad. He did, and so did Mrs. Hart, which kind of leads me because the seat next to her was empty. I wonder if her husband was dead too, and Wanda's kind of like kind of like fulfilling whatever people's sort of desires are with well, that's, that's something that like even pietro said in uh t- was the last one the halloween one no that was two two ago uh 
Pietro said that too. Like you did a great job with the logistics of this, like which we now know was fake Pietro, Pietro, if you will. Pietro. <laughs> he he's like, yeah, you did a good job with the logistics of this. You gave a lot of people better lives, uh, better haircuts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like, I mean, Wanda didn't intentionally do any of that, as we see in this scene where she kind of just loses control and gives way to her depression, which like creates the hex and builds the whole world around her so she really didn't intentionally start this i wonder if it wasn't intentional but maybe intentionally but subconsciously intentionally you get what i mean like the I, whole... I i think it's like that along those lines yeah it's it's just like everything she's been thinking about or even maybe like stuff that's too big to think about but just feeling kind of thing that that, that this whole sequence though kind of proves just how underestimated she was before yeah and how much of a powerhouse she really is so you know captain marvel being the strongest mcu character i don't know get the rankings right uh and then i thought it was funny that agatha like they uh wanda obviously sees like that it's all on a tv set uh from agatha's point of view and then agatha snaps them out of it to get out of the flashbacks uh i think that's like a funny throwback to Thanos and all of the Avengers Endgame stuff. Uh, but then it it results in Agatha holding Billy and Tommy hostage. Uh, and she finally calls Wanda the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, we finally get the, the Scarlet Witch reveal. <laughs> um, that I think I, in, up until a couple of weeks ago, I think you and I both were like, yeah, they never really called her by any code name other than Wanda. Uh, but here yeah. it is. If, if we hadn't talked about that, I still don't think I would have ever realized it. And it would have made this moment less impactful because I'm like, okay, we knew she was Scarlet Witch. <laughs> like, I've been calling her that this whole time, but I guess in their world they haven't. So it's more meaningful in that moment. But if you didn't realize that, this feels like a kind of anticlimactic uh, last word of the of the of this episode. It also seems very Jean Grey-like. You know how like Jean Grey's always like prophesized to be the Phoenix. Yeah. Well, here it's like Wanda has been prophesized to be the Scarlet Witch. Like the Scarlet Witch is given the same kind of treatment that you would the Phoenix um, in the X Men movies. It's more of a mantle than a person. Right. Right. It's like this whoever heralds in like the the greatest amount of power within that um, power subset, I guess, would be like the crown person <laughs> within that realm, but. Right. It, it was interesting to see that reveal. And I feel like, uh, you know, the establishment, like I, I never thought I would, I would, um, they would make this much of a deep dive into Wanda's character. And I don't think they would have, if they would have kept this in the movies, but to hear the word hex, to hear the words, chaos, magic, uh, probability, and all that being associated with the Scarlet Witch, um, a very big deep cut nerd moment there because chaos magic is a huge huge staple of wanda's powers um and not something that was ever that people thought was ever going to be established within the mcu after age of ultron where they just basically gave her telekinesis right so to see that being further fleshed out here i thought was really cool um and you know we're starting to see the wanda of the comics so i'm happy about that yeah it felt like in the movies they kind of like didn't want to give her too much time because they had the heavy hitters of like Thor and Iron Man and Captain America. So they didn't want to take too much time away from those guys. 
so yeah, we never really got a fully like fleshed out character of what Wanda sh- could be or should be. So it is a better appreciation for her through this through this series for sure. Yeah, we we definitely got we're, we're getting our big moment with her here. So it looks like they're getting prepped up for a huge huge battle at the end here. Um, and it's uh, you know like you like you mentioned before, she has Tommy and Billy under her, or, or Agatha has Tommy and Billy under her grasp. So um, yeah, it, this episode leaves off in a very very big cliffhanger. Um, a lot more so dramatically than some of the last couple episodes, uh, just because the threat is more immediate and you just, you feel like, you know, they can't possibly just leave it this way, (laughs) you know, but they did until next Friday. Yeah. They have a pretty bad track record of ending episodes (laughs) abruptly. Uh, I feel like, I don't know. This one didn't feel, yeah, you're right. The threat is immediate and it, is bigger than other episodes for sure but it just feels like ending the episode on scarlet witch it doesn't feel that crazy i would have liked monica to like show up in the background and like be standing in between them in a way because we didn't get monica one second in this episode and she was the cutscene of last episode which implies that she's gonna be important moving forward and we don't see her once yeah, or Vision showing up, that would have been great because we saw him fly away from the truck with um, with Darcy. Like, have a meeting of everybody here at one time where it becomes like a tag team fight, you know? I feel like we're, we're, we're going to get that, but I feel like you're right. I want to help. They should have at least set all the pieces in place right. for next week and then, like, go from there right at the beginning of next week's episode. This could be an epic fight, though, if it's going to be, like... Monica, Vision, and uh, Wanda versus Pietro and Ag- Agatha. Yeah, or, or like, what's going to happen with? Um, I guess we could get into it now because we we're, we kind of took we're in the predictions. Yeah, but the after the credit scene for this episode was the reactivation and oh, the reveal. Yeah. Well, not the reveal because we already got the reveal earlier. But Wanda never took Vision's body; she created a new Vision out of nothingness out of matter so that's why he like decomposes when he tries to leave the hex because he's he only exists in that realm and that's why wanda tries so hard to keep him in there uh so yeah the extra credit scene in this uh, clarifies the word launch plan from hayward he's not really launching anything he's more of just powering up vision's body with some like lingering magic that was on the drone that wanda threw at him uh but it's not the same vision he's got he looks blue in the face (laughs) yeah he's all he's the white vision from the comics oh so so this is a this is back in the comic thing well there was a period of time when and but this wasn't like an evil person that did it but the avengers put together vision after he was uh destroyed and because they didn't have i think in the comics it was uh wonder man who gives vision his personality with some magic thingamabob um (laughs) but here it seems like it's it's the mind stone or or i guess in 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 this case maybe wanda's like perception of it but in the in the comics they build vision back up but because he has no personality he's just this like cold machine yeah he's only there to do whatever he's programmed to do uh interesting 
Yeah, so it looks like that's the vision that we're going to get with this white vision <laughs> or cataract, I guess we can probably call them. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Because that was the project name, right? <laughs> right, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, so I throw him in the gauntlet. We'll have him versus Wanda. We'll have Vision and Monica versus uh, Agatha and Pietro. I want to see an hour-long fight of that. <laughs> and then Tommy and Billy, I don't know what they're doing. Have they figured out their powers yet? Probably not. I, I, I think they're going to get choked out. In the beginning scene. <laughs> I still... So, I feel like we're in for some sort of, like, depressing finale. Because, like you said, you, we've established that Vision can't... The Vision from inside the Hex can't live outside of the Hex. He but needs to have Maybe he downloads a few memories into White Vision. <laughs> <laughs> into Vanilla Bean Vision. <laughs> I mean, he's got this like like Vision has this power of just like putting two finger like two f- fingers on people's foreheads and waking them up. Maybe he does that with what hell white Vision? I guess it depends too. Like, if, did she materialize a new Mind Stone to bring him back? Is that part of the reconstruction that she? No, but he's caught up on memories because Darcy's filled him in, and I mean, he he obviously doesn't have every single memory back, but he has broad strokes. True, he must have some sort of backup in that body, right? So, <laughs> yeah, that's an external hard drive. Uh, that's in the other room. Sorry, I gotta go get that. <laughs> See, if it wasn't for Thanos and his thick sausage fingers, he didn't have to damage all of it. He could have just taken the stone out. Hey, I resent that. Sausage fingers are the future. <laughs> but that you know, it he Hayward is launching Vision. Or Vision 2.0 or Cataract or whatever we want to call him. But uh, what's his plan here? Cause... Yeah, is he going to make it through the Hex? Or does Hayward even care about getting into the Hex anymore? I would assume he does because he's still there. He could have just taken the his pet project and just ran away. But he's there. So yeah. I I don't know. I feel like he still has something else he wants to accomplish there. Um, also, the other thing... Uh, you know, and I've been seeing this debate on social media today, but Wanda can't, the stuff that Wanda creates is real. It's not fake-ish, right? So, in a way, I gotta wonder, like, are her children going to be able to survive outside of the Hex? You know, are, and the other thing, too, if if we recall correctly, Vision from inside the Hex is being, is being monitored by Hayward using vibranium decay so he's made out of vibranium so she literally materialized yeah. vibranium yeah it's I, that's a bit that i really don't understand either because vision should be able to leave because it's just like boil this down to the simplest thing it's like when the cable went through and the guy in the hazmat suit was dragging the cable through he went. He became a beekeeper. We saw, but the cable came back as a jump rope. So matter goes in, gets changed, and then comes back out as the changed form. That's the consistent rule that they've set. So if they're going to adhere to that, Vision has to be able to leave. Probably right. without the Mind Stone, because you can't create an Infinity Stone, but a gem that looks like it, I would imagine. Maybe that is the, the the catch here. Like she was able to create the mind stone, but she has to be able to sustain it with her magic. Yeah, it's confusing. 
um, to see how they're going to get out of the corner that they've painted themselves into with that. Because it doesn't, it's not consistent. Right. And I do feel like there's a future for Billy and Tommy in some respects. Because as I've shared before, like, they're members of the Young Avengers, and I don't think that they'll just cap them off and that's it, right? Although I do think that, at least temporarily speaking, <laughs> we'll probably see the, the comic book ending to House of M, which is somehow she loses her kids, at least temporarily. I wonder if that is how the series is going to end, and she then loses it again. But instead of altering reality, she literally just breaks a hole through it. I think and opens it up to the multiverse. I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. And then, like, give us an expansion of that hex. Well, give us more mutants, Wanda. We need more mutants. <laughs> right. Um, the last thing I think to predict on is that we still haven't seen the A-list character that Paul Bettany had promised. Is that still happening? Is it? There's only one episode left, right? Like, is it too late to introduce an entirely new character? I don't think it's going to be an entirely new character. I think it's going to be a character we've already met. In this series? I don't know, necessarily. Because uh, I still count that as introducing a character to the fold. Like, if you bring in Doctor Strange, who I am I would bet on, I, I don't see how it makes sense to tie him in. He should have shown up in this episode and, I don't know, showed up with Jimmy Choo or whoever. Um, I think we're still getting that character reveal. I don't know who it's going to be, honestly. Uh, you know, I I'm don't asking know. you. Place a bet. Uh, I think You're Sir Patrick table. Stewart is gonna come in. Okay. And he's gonna come in Captain in his wheelchair. Kirk? Yeah, no, not Captain Kirk. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Patrick Stewart's gonna come in in his iconic wheelchair and his bald head, and he's gonna reach is out this to an actual. You're actually putting your yeah. mind on this. Yeah, I think I think it's Sir Patrick Stewart as Professor X, and if it's not him, then I'll be disappointed. And I will renounce my love for the show forever. You're getting great odds <laughs> on that one, though. I mean, you're going to get a great payout if it hits. Honestly, like I, I think that that's what we're maybe, uh, maybe looking at here. Because I do think, I still think it's possible that we'll get a Doctor Strange cameo. Why wouldn't it be James McAvoy then? Um, I thought Patrick Stewart was done with. X-Men. Well, the only reason why I say that is because if we're comparing it to a Luke moment, like you know, you're you're playing off of nostalgia then, and I feel like the McAvoy version of Professor X hasn't built up to that status just yet. It's probably like if if Professor X is going to show up on the show, it's probably going to have to be Patrick Sir Patrick Stewart. Um, okay. and if it's if it's going to be Magneto. Which I still, I would welcome it. I don't know how they would pull it off. I don't know if it makes any sense. What if it's both? Um, like I a would, Days of Future Past type of moment. That would be super sweet. <laughs> that would be a Luke and a Han situation. <laughs> I still, I would, you know, in an ideal world, man, I would love for this show to end on Wanda having some sort of flashback to figuring out that she, like her real father, Magneto, is somewhere out there. And you just like cut to this like scene where Magneto is somewhere in hiding or somewhere in captivity this whole time, living in another plastic prison, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean like Hydra was ex- clearly Hydra knew something was up with uh with the Sokovians, right? So maybe I don't know. I mean I'm writing too much into this at this point, but my my hope is that we or my wish or my expectation is that we are getting 
uh, a character reveal. I just don't know who. Um, I think I'll be satisfied with whoever at this point. I just think it's fun to speculate, and it might be more fun to speculate than to see the end result. <laughs> I think you might be right on that. Any uh, any last wrap-up thoughts on the episode or on uh, moving forward? Um, no, I, I honestly, I want to... I want to put on my my best kind of theory cap, I guess, and 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 give a good theory here for the finale. Uh, I think the only thing I'll, I'll I'll place my bets on is that we're probably in for a sad ending to this show, because I feel like the buildup for sitcoms, and I touched on this earlier, but I think like Wanda's um, attraction to sitcoms are that ultimately things are okay, which is a stark contrast to real life. Which a, a Tony Stark contrast, <laughs> yeah, a Tony Stark <laughs> contrast. Um, so I, I think we're in for a tragic ending because of that. I think that this whole series has been building us up to that. Yeah, I think the character herself is built around tragic um, events that I think it has to build to that. So I I completely agree with you. Um, I also want to come out with like bold predictions, but. I almost also want to just live in like the naive, the blank canvas. Let me just go into this final episode and just be pleased as opposed to coming up with 10 different fan theories and not seeing any of them hit and having a last Jedi moment on my hands. Right. Right. I, you know, I, I feel like it's been fun to speculate and I think I've learned from last Jedi to not speculate and get my hopes up for anything. I just feel like it's fun you know, to, to, to go through that um, phase because it's a level of excitement that, <laughs> especially now that the MCU is growing so big and vast, uh, there's so many endless possibilities. Yeah, and, and we've and we've had some predictions hit on this. We've had a lot miss, and I think that's been a lot of fun. I just think in a finale sense that just kind of, l- let's just let it wash over us and, and just appreciate it for, for being good, you know? And right. Setting, setting up the next movie, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see how they end this show. Um, and quite honestly, you know, we, we read off the schedule for the MCU before, but we're, we're in for a lot this year. And yeah. so, you know, to start off on this, like this sets the standard pretty high. So it's, and it's what's so crazy to me is that all of that is somehow interconnected to each other. Like this is just a vast spider web of branches of different people's stories like at the center it was the original avengers and then it just kept branching out and it's so cool that you know they've been able to accomplish that especially when you compare it to like a dc or or anything else of the sorts we've never seen anything like it no i don't think anything has ever tried to get close to this and i think that kevin feige and the team over at marvel has done what they wanted to do this whole time, which was bring in a very comic book serialized storytelling to the big screen and, you know, create an actual universe where I feel like maybe if this kind of series existed and by series, I mean like the MCU was around 20, 30 years ago, we'd probably see a, um, a situation where we would see three or four movies and then after ten or f- ten or fifteen years, you would see a reboot of those ten, you know, those four movies. So big now that I feel like you don't have to reboot anything. No, and you also the rules have been set that you have to adhere to what has been said before. 
you can branch it off in whatever direction you want, but you have to tie it back to what's already been done. And I think, you know, we we give we give a lot of credit to Kevin Feige, but I also say like to the studios, like getting out of his way and and his team's way to just let him develop the world and not come in there with their marketing guys ideas being like, what if we throw this in there? <laughs> like they they let they let the directors uh, have free will uh, with with the whole project. Yeah, and I feel like it's it's free will with just the right amount of oversight. Whereas, yeah. like, I feel like something like Warner Brothers gave, doesn't know how to measure themselves. They'll either give full on free will, and it gives you Suicide Squad, or they like go in hardcore and start editing. You know, you know the a whole bunch of things off of your project, and you you end up with a Batman v Superman. Yeah, exactly. That's my main comparison, but. Um... Yeah, no, I think we're both really excited for this finale. Uh, we're both really excited for the making of Wanda. <laughs> I'm excited for all of those. The Marvel's assembled, the making of whatever. Give me all of it. Yeah, I know we sound like we're joking on that, but I actually am excited. That's one of my favorite bits of like The Mandalorian is getting those director's roundtables or the making of it for season two. That was really enjoyable to see. I don't know if I ever kind of told you this, but like when I was growing up, I would always there was a Suncoast slash Fye, uh, just a couple blocks away from uh, the home I grew up in, and I would always be like super hyped whenever I would see a big movie in theaters, because then immediately a few weeks after I could go to Fye or Suncoast and put in my pre-order for the DVD, <laughs> and as soon as I would go get it, I wouldn't even watch the movie; I would watch the extras. Yeah, all the behind yeah. the scenes stuff. I was such a big nerd about it, and I became so disappointed in recent years when we started pivoting to streaming that you don't get that anymore. Like if you pick up any Blu-ray, you'll probably get a couple deleted scenes, but you're not going to get a behind the scenes documentary uh, right. the same way you used to before. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, yeah, so I think we're going to end it there. But if you guys are listening out there and you have your own predictions that you want to share for the finale or your own takes on this episode. Uh, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we can be reached at at BT4thWall, 4 being 4th. Otherwise, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.